Good morning, Four Points. That's so weak. I need y'all to give me some feel. I need y'all to be excited. That worship was incredible, right? Huh? It's awesome. All right, let's try again. Let's try again. I'll let y'all clap. That was good. The worship was amazing. So, what's up, Four Points? All right, that's good. That's good. That's good. Y'all are ready. Y'all are with me now. Be honest. Like, when we're, we're getting started right now, be honest. Who today has already made an excuse? Something happened, you made an excuse. That's it. Y'all are way better than me because I did, like, probably did four or five so far this morning because, like, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. When I'm hungry, y'all seen the Snickers commercials? You, you take them off, like, dude's mean when he's hungry, so they give him a Snicker and he turns into something crazy, like, lose their mind. That is me, y'all. I, I am not happy in the morning. Like, last night we were eating supper, and Leah goes, oh, my gosh, just get some food. You're an idiot when you're hungry. That's, that's a bad word. But, but anyway, she said, you're so mean. And I was like, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm pretty mean. So, but we make excuses for everything, don't we? Like, I, I'm the world's worst at making excuses. And here's what happens. Like, when we start making excuses, it, it starts piling up on us, doesn't it? And we look back and we're like, holy cow, I started making excuses for something that I got caught for. And there's like a pile of excuses now, and I don't even know what happened. We all have done it. If y'all haven't made excuses, I'm telling y'all, y'all have permission right now to stand up and walk out because this message is not going to be for you because y'all have arrived and you've made it. But most likely in the last, in the last couple days, you've made a bunch of excuses, right? Because that's what we do. We, we find it simpler instead of dealing with problems to just make, make excuses for what the problems are like, ah, just... Well, this, and well, this, and well, this. And so we've compiled a top ten list. David Letterman sent them down to us, and we didn't use his music. We decided to use much better music. Y'all are going to be like, this is going to inspire you. This video that we're about to show is our top ten countdown. This is going to inspire you way more than worship this morning. Some of y'all are going to catch the Holy Ghost. If y'all do, you're welcome to run the aisles, whatever you want to do. Get a little jig, dance, something, do go crazy, because this is the greatest music you've ever heard. Let's see the countdown. Oh, I got Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day. Now the devil, he'll supply them. In church, you stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep them folks away from church, he offers them excuses. Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day. Now the devil, he'll supply them. Here's what we just found out. Some of y'all can't clap because I heard some of y'all. Just, is that Patty? You can't clap, but you play the piano for us? That's bad, Brian. So our band can't clap. This is awesome. Whew. We might need to pray real quick. Anyway, we, we made ten. We made the top ten excuses that we like because I feel like everybody will fit in here somewhere. And I need some feedback on these because some of y'all, especially for number five, I need the men to stand up that are married. I need the men to stand up and cut a jig and, like, do a cartwheel because this is for y'all. It's a special gift from me to you. So top ten things. We really should have the drum roll. Y'all ready? Top ten things that we make excuses for. Number ten, the Pangles are really good at this. Kids' bad behavior. Kids' bad behavior. I know y'all's kids, if you have kids, your kids are perfect. And our kids are the ones when you're at a restaurant, you're like, who in the crap's kid is that? Because why don't they shut their kid up? He's losing his mind. That's one of mine. Lainey is pretty doggone good. She's scared to death of me, and so she's sweet, and she's just, you know, she's awesome. And then there's Haston. Now, I'm not sure what happened. Well, take that back. I'm pretty sure I remember me, so I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But he's, like, he's unbelievable, y'all. I mean, like, I've 
I was excited about having a boy, and like part of it's me because I like grab his face and do stuff to get him tough because we're not going to cry for nothing. You know what I'm talking about? Someone say yes. But like, but like he's so bad sometimes. And I'm like, stop. Like last night, he just, he just drops a, drink, a dish. And I'm like, what are you doing? You just, there was no reason. And like, oh my gosh, I just like, I'm sorry. And some of y'all are never going to come back when I say this and it's okay. But sometimes I look at Lee and say, I just want to hit him. He's so bad. I just want to choke him. And if y'all have never thought that, there's something wrong with y'all. There's not something wrong with me. Because I just want to beat up my kids so bad sometimes. But, but we make excuses, don't we? Like, he's just almost two. So that's what the twos do, right? Oh my gosh, my kid is so bad. So I'm not making excuses today. It's my fault. Because, and your fault. So anyway, number nine. I'm really good at this one. My sports teams, my sports teams always lose. I am a Buffalo Bills fan. This should cause laughter right now because that is a joke. I really am a Bills fan, and y'all should feel sorry for me. I need cars. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that hurts my feelings. So, so listen. Through the '90s, through the '90s, the Bills lost in the Super Bowl four straight times, and that was rough. Okay. Since then. Some of y'all are going to be offended by this. I really don't care. I love y'all. Don't be too offended. They suck. Okay, they're horrible. They have not had a winning season since 99. I'm talking about nine wins since 99. And I say the same thing every year. We just got a new GM. We're going to be good now, right? We're back. No, we're going to suck. Okay, for the rest of my life, we're never going to win a Super Bowl. We missed our opportunity. And then I'm a Gamecock fan. And up until three years ago, the same laughter would have happened. Because I sat in the stadium when some of y'all threw the zero bars on the field that are Clemson fans and hurt my feelings. In the, 90, in the 99 season, 0-11, 0-11, the same year the Bills were starting their downward awfulness. And that's been my whole life of sports. And, and this is what we say, isn't it? Y'all are all in this boat. We'll get them next year. We're going to get them next year. We're going to be good. We're going to be back. We, don't worry about it. We got them. We all make excuses for our, for our sports teams. Unless you're a Florida State fan right now, you're not making excuses. You're trying to figure out how to win two in a row. Always late. Oh, my goodness. Is this anybody else's pet peeve? Y'all don't like people being late? Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell y'all who's late? And I love her. She is the best person in my life. She makes me better. But holy moose, my wife will be late to her funeral. It is unbelievable how late she is. And it's always this. I just can't help it. I can't. I got these kids to deal with. I got all this other stuff. Why don't you help? And I'm like, I am helping. I'm ready, right? That's, that's, <laughs> she didn't have to do that part. So anyway, I mean, but it's every time, like, I, I just look at her and go, hey, this is amazing. Like, we have to be at a dinner with my in-laws or, or the family thing. And I'm like, it's 6 o'clock. So for Leah, that should be 530. And we get to her 610 every time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I hate being late so much. So she wanted me to tell y'all in the second service, her New Year's resolution <clears throat> is to not be late anymore. And that happens to be number seven. Because we've already broken that. So that's what y'all do too. <laughs> that was her fault. She set me up for that one. We, we, we give New Year's resolutions, right? A bunch of y'all have done them. And like you started a diet. Y'all have already cheated. Tell the truth. Because I have. Amen. And so that's, we do that, right? And then we make excuses. Well, it's just so hard. I'm busy. It's just, I got all this stuff to do. It's hard to pack a good lunch. And I just going out and getting something. McDonald's is easier. Y'all could eat a snack wrap, but you won't do it. I'm the same way. Amen. My car and house is filthy. Number six, car and house is filthy. 
All these kids, what you want me to do? I got to clean up every day, right? Look at all this stuff I've got. Y'all don't do that. Y'all's house is clean. Someone's lying, right? Y'all know y'all got dishes piled up like that, like we do. And then my wife is honestly very clean. And she, I just like, just let them go till the morning. And that's how, that's how it happens. And so thank God for Leah on that one. She is late, but she is clean. So I'll take that trade off. Number five, I need the men to stand up and shout to the Holy Ghost right now. Sex, right? This is, this is what we get. I, I would, but I got a headache. If y'all aren't married now, it's a sin. Stop having sex, right? Okay, stop it. This is for us that have a wife or a husband, okay? I'm going to continue. I'm, my head hurts so bad, right? I've had a long day. I don't, they're all excuses. What Coach Young you say about excuses? Excuses are like buttholes. Everyone's got one. Some stink more than others. That's what I want to say every time that happens. That's an excuse. Get some Advil. Let's do this thing. All right, anyway. Anyway, sorry, that might have been too much information. But, but that is an excuse, isn't it? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You're like, dead gum every. Here's number four, why I'm so broke. Why I'm so broke. Y'all have heard it. If I just got a raise. I would have some more money, right? I just, I, I just need a little bit. I need a second job. Nope. Nope. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I love y'all. This is for me, too. Someone in the back in an orange shirt. It rhymes with Beatus. You can't spend more than you make and think you're going to have money, right? It's, you can make 100000 If you spend one you you're going to be broke. Yep, that's the problem. I love you, though. You're my boy. It's not what you make, it's what you spend, so stop making excuses. Number three, this, is, this, this might be the one I use the most because I'm hungry and I'm crazy and high strung. It's just the way he is. Number three, I, I, you just can't help it. Y'all heard it? He just, y'all, he, he's got a good heart. Listen, if I hear someone else say he's got a good heart and they're losing their mind and robbing a freaking bank, right? They don't have a good heart if they're robbing a bank. They're robbing a bank. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all hear it all the time. Y'all, he's really not that bad. No, he punched someone in the mouth for no reason. He's losing his mind. That's an excuse. Someone say amen to that. All right, number two. I'm I'm pretty much all these, so I'm just telling y'all. Number two, weight. Because round is a shape, right? So we always say I'm going to get in shape. I am in shape, right? This is my shape. right? So y'all should be impressed with that. I'm trying pretty hard. I think I've lost like five pounds this week or something. It's terrible because I want to eat chocolate and all good things. Like anything fried is good, right? Why do they have to make it bad? Why can't that be diet food? That's their fault, not my fault. Excuse. And here's the last one. And this is what we're going to spend most of our time on. And it's why I don't go to church. But really, it should be more than that. It should be, it should be why I'm not everything that I should be with Jesus. Like why I haven't given Jesus everything in my life. And we make excuses for the first nine, but we make more excuses for the first one than probably the first nine combined. Because we find a way, we find a way to make ourselves feel better about not being what God wants us to be. And listen, this is for the Christians. If you're not a Christian in here, we're so glad that you're here this morning. And we're going to give you a couple things in just a minute. But if you're saved, if you're a person that said, I have followed Jesus Christ as Savior, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. And in just a minute, we're going to look at what Jesus said in this. But, but here's the thing. Before we read scripture, if all of us were living for Christ like we should be, 
we would never have to preach a message on going further or going deeper. Because guess what? If we're sitting at the table that Jesus offers us this morning in Luke chapter 14, if we're, if we're really sitting at the table and we're committed to Christ, then the pastor doesn't have to tell you that you need to go further. You're begging the pastor to come with you. Like you're walking beside me and you're walking beside them that volunteer for us. And you're saying, what can we do to reach them because they don't have what I have? But, but the problem is so many of us, we put a mask on and we make ourselves look good when we walk in, right? And we smile and say, dude, everything's awesome. And in, on the inside, you're, you're, you're torn apart. And because the situations in life and the circumstances that you've gone through or whatever else is going around has taken place in your life, you're, you're, you're so busy, you just don't really have time for God. And I'm telling y'all, you are going to live a miserable life you are going to live a life that is so up and down. It's like a roller coaster. Some days are good. Some days are bad. And what I've found, honestly, is in the tragic times in life, we really need God, right? Really need God. But when things are really good, the time that we should really be praising him, we forget him. And then we make excuses. Well, here it is. So in Luke chapter 14, and I want you all to turn there, but in Luke chapter 14, it's the only time in the Bible, by the way, in the English language that the word excuses are used. And, and here was the, the situation is uh, the Pharisees invited Jesus over to have dinner with them. And he was sitting down and had a conversation with them. And uh, Jesus was kind of awesome <laughs> and still is. And Jesus told stories. And like he, he was so, I love it. I love to read his parables because when you read them, you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder if they even got it when he was telling them or if they were too dumb to figure it out. They were brilliant men that were sitting with him. And I bet they were going, what is he talking about? And this is so pointed for us right now, right where you are, right where I am. There's no excuse for anybody to leave here. The same that you are right now when you hear the words of Jesus. And so this is what happened. He came in and the first thing he did in the first part of Luke 14 is he said, is it wrong right now for me to heal this guy who's sitting right here, whose leg is jacked up? Like, like, do you think it's a sin? It was the Sabbath. Do you think it's a sin? No one said anything. He healed it. He explained why it wasn't. And then he did the first story that he told him the first parable and it was about a wedding banquet and all the guys started feeling good about themselves because they felt like they had done what it took to get there and they were like this is awesome they were fist pounding i bet at the table they were giving high fives and they were like look i'm at this banquet i'm awesome look what i've done i want you to put yourself wherever you are i want you to put yourself at that table right now with jesus and consider where you are with him so, so for so many times, what we do is we say that I've done these things, so I'm at the table. Like I have a relationship with God because. And, and this is what he says. And, and I want you to just consider the excuses that we make constantly of why we're not what we should be in Christ. Because before I read scripture, I just want to tell you this, and I'm going to repeat this at the end of the message. There's not a single person in here under my voice, whether you're in the sixth grade or all the way up, to 75, 80 years old. It doesn't matter who you are. You were made in the image of God. You were made in God's image. And God wants to use you like you cannot possibly imagine. And the reason he doesn't, listen, the reason that he doesn't is the excuses that you make to not be used by him, not because you can't. The excuses that you make to not be used is why it doesn't happen. And listen, if you think being used by God is standing on a stage and preaching to 100 people, that is not the definition. The definition of being used by God is listening to what he says and, or listening to God and then doing what he says. Listening to God and then doing what he says. And for so many of us, we have excuses because we don't have time to listen to God and then do what he says. So 
If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke 14, and we're going to start in verse 12. And we're going to look at what Jesus was telling these guys and what I believe he's telling us this morning. Will you pray with me? God, in the next couple minutes, I believe you want to change hearts and ultimately change lives. God, help us stop making excuses and be the men and women that you'd have us be this morning. From your word, we love you, Jesus. Amen. So Luke chapter 14, verse 12, he said, Also to the man who lived, who had invited him, excuse me, so the Pharisee, when you give a, a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brother or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor and the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, blessed, because they, had, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the justice. So I'm sure they were sitting there thinking, what is this dude talking about? Like, which banquet? And is he talking about not hanging out with my friends anymore? And they, I, I feel like they were probably completely missing it. Like they were reading this and they were like, is he talking about like, I shouldn't have invited my boys tonight to hang out? And obviously he wasn't. And this is what he goes on to say. When, when one of those who reclined at the table heard him, excuse me, with the table with him, heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God with me. Blessed to everyone who hangs out with me. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet. And this is where I want y'all to really pay attention. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the great banquet, he sent his servant to say to, excuse me, to, say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make, what's the word? Excuses. So, so this is what God's saying. Blessed is, is every one of you guys who sit at the table with me, who eat my bread, right? Who, who, who can taste the living water, who, who is alive because of me and not alive because of your stuff. Blessed are, are all of you. Like, that's how you find joy and that's how you find peace. And so let me tell you a story. This is what happened. People go out. And they say, guess what? It's time we're going to sit down with God and, and it's time for us to be greatly used by God. And do you have that relationship with God? And then they began to make excuses. And this is where today's message come from. You have, if you have a bulletin, there's notes with it. And the, the Bible kind of spells it out for us here in Luke uh, chapter eight or chapter 14. And, and this is what Dr. Luke said. And, and here's the first point is the excuses that we make. And I'm telling y'all, if you're not where you think you should be with God or you know you're not where you can be with God, here are the excuses that all of us make with no exceptions. Here are the excuses that all of us make with no exceptions because I'm going to tell you something. What I said right before I was going to get started with the scripture, all of you can be greatly used by God, but so many of us choose these excuses over being used by God and excuses are complacency rather than an inner desire that burns with us to be greatly used by God. And the moment that I start making excuses, this is what I'm saying. God, I really don't care. I've got these things to deal with. And so ask yourself as you're writing these three down or looking at them on the screen, do I, do I fall into this category? Am I, am I guilty of these three excuses? The first one is work. First one is, uh, is work. Y'all ever said this? I, man, there's so much going on. I, I've been guilty of this, by the way. As a pastor, I know that I shouldn't be. I know I shouldn't be guilty of blaming work for 
not being what God wants me to be. But you get stressed out, right? There's things that happen, and they start piling up, and people are hurting. Because I was at the hospital last night with some very good friends uh, whose, whose young child was in the ER and then ICU. And so you get stuff gets piling up. I'm going to look back over my stuff. I, I spent two hours there, and how do I do all these things? And, like, stuff start, and you just start making excuses, right? Like, I can't do that because I did this. And it's an if-then, and it piles up. And we've all been there. If you haven't, that's awesome. But we've all been there. Like, I don't have time to read the Bible and pray because I got so much going on at work. If you, if you just had any idea. And the first man in, in verse 18, the second part says, The first man said to him, I, I, this is one of the excuses, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Please have me excused. Can you picture it? Jesus telling the story and there's a, there's a banquet hall with, many tables or a huge table and many chairs open and he's calling you i want to use you i want to use you come on come on god check us out it's cool that you're calling me just give me a little bit of time i just bought this awesome field and i got to go work on it like if i check this out god you're gonna this is gonna blow your mind i know you're god but still just stay with me i bought this field and like i really think there's there's gold in it so i'm gonna go dig it up i'm gonna find all this stuff because it is amazing Cool. Okay. Take your time, but, but don't hang out with me. God, I got, I, got, I, got, I got this deadline, and I don't, I don't know if I don't get it done, so, so just give me a couple weeks, right? Don't we do that? We say, give me a couple weeks, and then it becomes months, and we're not at the table, right? Y'all with me? That's us. So some, some of us, some, some of us in this room, work is, work is our excuse. Or the second one is my stuff. My stuff. Verse 19, and another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. A yoke is two. And it, I, I've always been tripped out that he didn't just say ten, <laughs> ten oxen, I guess because they're connected, but I think it's dumb. But anyway, uh, he bought ten oxen. We'll just go with that because it, I, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And so in our day, it'd be like, dude, check this out, God. I got some cars. I just got these two new cars. I, got this, I just bought a house. God, I don't, I don't really need to hang out with you right now and be greatly used by you or have a relationship with you because I got this stuff. So when I was in college, uh, I went to North Greenville and we had some, we had a group of guys that lived in my dorm. We were crazy and got into trouble, but we decided, <laughs> it's ironic, we decided to uh, go on 290 heading up to North Greenville. It's a six mile stretch from 29 to 253. We decided to try to hit every house on 290 and witness to every person, share the gospel with every person uh, on the on the road. And so one one place we went, by the way, we found out that the, the people that had less were much more open to the gospel than the, than the people that were wealthy. And so we went to a neighborhood that was nice. I don't remember the, the neighborhood, but if I went there, I could take you to the house. And it was a nice house. Knocked on the door. The guy comes to the door and he says, uh, can I help you? And I was like, what's up? How you doing? I want to just tell you what Jesus has done in my life and smiled and thought he would think, man, this college kid's got a lot of zeal. That's awesome. He wants to tell me about it. He said, dude, what's wrong with you? Slammed the door in my face. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, that's very nice. And then, so he, he opens the door back up seriously and, and says, son, which I love getting called. That's awesome. If y'all ever want to make me happy, say, son, son, do you see all that I've got? And, and he did have a lot of nice stuff. He had a three car garage on the side and it had some really nice cars 
I don't know how much they were worth, but probably the three cars that I could see were, were pushing $250,000, $300,000 cars in the driveway. I mean, very, very wealthy man, big, nice house. He said, do you think I need God with all this? And at the time, I didn't think of this story, but that's, that's what it is. And so when I tell you that, we think, thank God, that's not me, right? Thank God, that's not me, because I'd never do that. But we do it all the time, don't we? We do it all the time. We do it all the time. Because with the stuff that I have, I, I can make myself feel better because I have these things, so I don't really need God. The minute, listen, the minute that I put anything in front of God, I'm telling God, I don't need a seat at the banquet. I've got my stuff. And at that moment, I put that in front of God. At that moment. And, and here's the third thing. And this is where... If we have kids in here, we have relationships. You don't even have to be married, by the way. If you have a relationship with someone, so many times we lean on them. And the third one is family and relationships. Verse 20 says, and, and another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And you might think, well, dude, that's pretty harsh because you're supposed to put your wife up, and you should. I'm, I, you should love your wife. You should serve your wife. If you don't help around the house, that's wrong. You should. Wives, you should love and serve your husband. But if they are above God, they are your idol. If your girlfriend or your boyfriend is above God, he is your idol. She is your idol. If, if your children, Laney and Haston for me, if I put them in an elevated state above Jesus, they are my idols. Therefore, listen, I'm an idol worshiper. And therefore, I don't put God where he should be. And guess what? I don't have a seat at the table. And for some of us, we said, well, God wants me to love my kids. He t- I mean, he told me that. Yes, he does. But you'll never love your kids like you should if you don't love Jesus like you should love him. And we do that all the time. And listen, if you haven't done that, thank God for that. But I've done that. So how do you know if you do that? If you spend thousands of dollars on your children and you spend nothing on Jesus or nothing helping others, they are your idol. If you spend thousands of dollars loving on your wife and husband, you should love on them and you should spend money on them. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if that's all you do with your time and money and energy, then that is where your heart is and that is where your love is. And we are idol worshipers when we do that. Because God is not in the place that he should be. And, And now here's the problem. And this is God's response to it. That's number two. This is God's response to my excuses. And we all make them, right? This is God's response. And this should, this should shake us to our core this morning is verse 21. So the servant came and reported these things to the master, to his master. And then the master of the house became angry, became angry. Let me stop. That surprises a lot of people that God gets angry. Um, This doesn't mean that God's up on a cloud with a big lightning bolt in his hand like Zeus and he's ready to strike you down. Not that kind of anger. It's not the same thing. He's not mad at you. He burns with jealousy for you. He burns with jealousy for you. Here's why. He created each one of you. Like None of us are here if it's not for God. And and his desire for your life is for you to serve him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. That's what he wants for you. He believes in you so much that he gave his son for us so that we could have a relationship with God. And the minute that I turn and say, you know what, God, I don't need to be at the banquet anymore. I've got this or this or this or any excuse will do, right? Complacency sets in in my Christian walk. And for some of us, we're not even Christians and we lie to ourselves and believe that we are. 
And he burns with anger. But that burn of anger should make us excited because he loves me that much. He loves me enough to burn with jealousy for me. He is jealous for me. He loves me. And, and, and yet, what I do with God is I say, I know you want time with me and you want me to talk to you and be intimate with you, but just... He became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir... What you've commanded has been done. Listen to this carefully. What you've commanded has been done and there's still room. Listen, there's so much room at the table for people to be used greatly by God. There's so much room at the table. It is empty if we honestly look at it. How do you know? Because we're not going out there and doing what God tells us to do. Like, what if we did? What would happen? Listen, this is what he says. There's tons of room. And and the master said, this is what Jesus is telling us. He said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people, beg them, implore them to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men, none of the men that were invited shall taste my banquet. All the people that sit around and they get complacent and they just play with God, they play games with him, but they're never serious with God. They never give him their everything. He's never all in their life. This is what's scary to me, and I I can't know for you if it's you. I can just know for me if it's me. There's going to be some people that that they look the part, and they sound the part, they act the part. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So many will prophesy in my name and, and cast out demons and look the part. They'll dress in nice jeans and a button down shirt and have an awesome band and stand up and look the part, man. They will look like it. But they'll never have a seat at the banquet because they made excuses. They got things in the way. They didn't want Jesus more than they wanted anything else. Here's what you have to ask yourself. Am I sitting sitting right in the banquet hall? Or am I made so many excuses with my life that I don't even know God anymore? For some of you, you've never even even had a relationship with him to start with. Like, Like you've never said yes to Jesus. He's never changed your life. But this is how I know that all of us are not where we should be in the banquet. Because we are not going to the highways and hedges. We are not loving on the people that we're supposed to love on. We are not giving out of an excited heart with our time and money and our resources and everything that we can give with. We, that, that's not, that, that seems like a burden, right? Then we make excuses. We make excuses. We make excuses. Instead of saying, this is what I get to do because God created me to do these things. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? All of you have a seat at the banquet hall. All of you. We're all welcomed. We have to answer this question. Is that really what I want? Is that really what I want for my life? Do I want people when they see me? Like when I walk in a store... I walk in a restaurant, I walk in work. Do do people see that in me? Do they see a burning passion and desire for me to reach them with what I have because of what God's done in me? Or am I just trying to get through the day? You know, I don't want to talk to them because, excuses. I don't want to show the love of Jesus to them because they cut me off. Excuses. 
the minute that our entire church, and I believe in you, I believe we can do this, the minute that we all sit at the banquet table and we trust Christ to be our sinner and to be our Lord and to change us and to make us what he wants us to be, we do not have enough room in this building and we will have to figure something out. Because he tells all of us, it's not for the pastors, it's for every person that is a follower of Christ. That calling is so much bigger than any other calling you can have on your life. He tells all of us, go. There's so much more room, go. To the highways and the hedges, to your neighbors, to your friends, to every person you know that doesn't have hope, go. And if the only thing in my life that I care about is my sports team or my family or my job, or anything else in my life, then what is my life really about? And when I lay down in that casket someday, if my, if my casket says, to God be the glory, the Bills finally won the Super Bowl when Mark was 75. Is it really? That is not going to mean anything. But what if it says he went to the highways and the hedges and he really cared and he sat at the table and he loved Jesus and he loved his wife and he loved his kids. Listen, if you only say that I was a good preacher, or even a bad preacher, but you don't say that I love Jesus and sat at the table, I failed. But if I know him personally and he knows me and I stop making excuses and stop being complacent with what he did for me and start making about what he is in me, I can change the world and so can you. I don't care what your talents are. I don't care what you look like. I'm telling you, all of you are made wonderfully in the eyes of God. He makes no mistakes and he loves you and he desires a relationship with each one of you guys. This morning you have to answer two hard questions, but I want everyone to be completely honest. Sitting at that table with Jesus when he's telling this story, how would you answer this if he looked at you and he said, all right, sir, all right, ma'am. Seriously, are you at the table with me? Like I know you're sitting and you're listening to me talk, but are you seriously at the table with me? And here's how I know, and I already know. Are you being used by me? Like, like, do people seek you because you have me? Do you have peace in your life that can only come through Jesus? Do you have that? Because, because that is how you know if you're at the banquet table. There's many people that have been invited, and many make excuses, and many sit in churches, and they think they're good, but if they're honest with themselves, they realize, you know what? I've just been making excuses. And one of them is I go to church. <laughs> it's a good excuse, right? Will you bow with me? With every, with every head bowed and eye closed, two quick questions that I want you to answer. First one is, do you know that you know for sure that you're seated at the table? I don't care what your last name is, where you grew up, um, and neither does God, by the way. He's no respecter of person, meaning he doesn't care if you're male or female, what color you are, how rich or poor you are. He just cares if you have a seat at the table with him. So I just want to know, being completely honest, Pastor Mark, I'm certain that I'm saved this morning. I, I know it because I've trusted Christ. I've given him everything in my life. I want you to raise your hand so high you feel like your shoulder's coming out of socket right now. Raise it up all around the room. If you know that you're saved, if you know that you're saved, this is just you being honest with God. If you know that you're saved, raise them up, keep them up, keep them up. If you, only if you know that you're saved. Will you look at me right now if you didn't raise your hand? Right now, put your hands down. If you didn't raise your hand, will you look at me? Here's what I'm asking you. There's a few of you. 
Here's what I'm asking you guys. Will you let pride keep you from the banquet? Will you let pride keep you from the banquet? I'm offering you right now the best gift we can give you, and it's a seat at the table with us to get on the greatest ride of your life. Greatest ride of your life. What I'm asking you to do is just stand up right where you are. We have volunteers in the back that want to speak with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to give you this gift that is freedom in Jesus. So right now, will you just stand up right where you are? We want to, we want to offer you this right now. If that's you right now, don't let pride keep you in your seat. Stand up right now, right where you are. Will you stand up? If that's you, will you stand up? We'll give you a couple seconds. Stand up with me right now. Stand up. Anybody? There's a few people in here that, that you said, Pastor Mark, that's me. Would anyone be bold enough to stand up and say that's me? What about for everybody else? Everybody else. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not even going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. In just a second, we're going to close in worship. I want to know if you say, Pastor Mark, I am saved. I am saved. But I think I've strayed away from the table. I'm not being used. I'm honestly not filled with joy. And it's honestly because I'm making excuses. I'm making excuses. And I want to get back to the table. And I want to be greatly used by God. If that's you... I'm not asking you to stand. I'm just asking you to raise, raise your hand right now. Raise it up as high as you can. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Raise it high. Raise it high. Several people in here. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Let's pray. God, we are going to lift our hands and our hearts in prayer right now. And then when the music comes, God, the most heartfelt song and singing we've done in a long time, we're going to give you praise and glory because you're worthy. God, my prayer for this church is not that we become famous. People start talking about us as a church. But that you're famous and people start talking about what you're doing in our church and in the individual's lives in this church because you are in us. Help us become a, an army that goes out to the highways and the hedges, like your word says, and reaches the lost people for, with the gospel. Help us reach the least, the lost, and the lonely, and be your church. We love you, Jesus. Right now, we lift up your name because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.